lay yourself out. Lay it all out there. He already knows. He already knows. All you're doing is just being open with him. <laughs> he knows it already. I know people who will say, oh, I'm afraid. I know people who say, like, you know, they, they worry, oh, I can't say this to God, right? He knows. He saw you when he did it, when you did it. So, might as well say it. I mean, it's, <laughs> prayer is a wonderful thing that has been given to us that we can use it to get ourselves right with God because it is that's what it is. It is for us to examine ourselves that we may become closer to God because God is unchanging and therefore we are the ones that need to move closer to Him. In this service, we are going to speak on Elizabeth, who is in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. As a pretext to this, I'm going to point out that there is not a lot said about Elizabeth in the Bible. But what is said is, if you look for it, it it's definitely deep, it's very spiritual, and it is something that every one of us can learn from throughout our day. <coughs> we have a problem in the world today with the way we look at things. We're living in a postmodern society that says everybody has their own truth. There's no such thing as truth anymore. Everybody's truth is their truth. The problem is, what that means is everybody sits there and says, well, I, I'm offended by you. I'm offended by you. So now we have gotten to the point where men and women are practically in a war. I mean, there were young men who were giving up and just, eh, let's play video games and waste away on the couch. It's... And it's weird because while simultaneously the sexes are at a war with each other, we got people saying there's no difference. There's no difference between men and women. None at all. Well, anybody who's ever taken a fifth grade biology class uh, knows from the pictures that's not true. That is not true. There are some very obvious differences between men and women. It's there. Now, there's a lot of terms for this. People refer to, you know, oh, the complementarianism and all this stuff. I believe God made very clear. He made a very distinct difference. Men and women are different. They work differently. They think differently. They speak. They act differently. They are all equal in the sight of God. 100% equal. But that does not take away the fact that God has ordered. Everything in this life, in this world, is ordered. From the cosmos, to the stars, to how atoms split. Everything is ordered. There was constant order. Everything and God set down an order for people, and it is not an order of importance, it is just an order of understanding. Understanding the way God works and the way God wants it. God could have put it however He wanted to put it, He chose the way He did it. And we, if we want to get closer to Him, we have to understand, even if we don't understand His reason, we have to understand that He gave the order and that we need to follow. We need to align ourselves with God. The closer we can align ourselves with God, the better we will live our life and the more satisfied with life we be. Discontentment is the number one problem in the church today. People are dissatisfied with their life. They're dissatisfied. We've got people taking all kinds of medications to deal with this. We have depression that is rampant in the church, not just in society, in the church. There's a LifeWay study that was talking about that the majority of preachers in the country are taking some form of medication or in therapy. Preachers have a problem. They're discontented. 
A lot of this comes from the fact that they don't preach the Bible. Yeah. They treat yeah. the church like a self-help session. Yeah. So guess what? They have to have all the answers. They have to make them up if they don't have them. And that, that is a stress that we're not that was not put on the preacher because all the answers are in the Bible. Preach the Bible, speak the Bible, give the Bible, and it will work on the hearts of people. It is a double-edged sword. It cuts going in, the noise feel good, and it pierces on the way back out as well. Because it goes in, you are filled with Christ. That is what the, the communion represents. You are filled with Christ. That's when he said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my body, my blood. So that we are completely filled to where it flows out. Christ flows out of us. In everything we do. So it's a two-edged sword. It goes in, but when it comes back out, it comes out just as sharp. But we need to ready ourselves so that it can come back out. This, this war that goes on, we always are in war. It's just everything. And it doesn't matter. If we, soft drinks, Coke or Pepsi, politics, Republican, Democrat, left, right. <laughs> it's, there's always this... And we think about it that way. We even think about life. We, a lot of people in church are like, well, you know, Satan is the number one adversary of God. Satan is not an adversary of God. Satan is, doesn't like God. Satan is our adversary. Because for him to be an adversary of God would put him at the same level as God. He is not at the level of God. God is above. Amen. He gets to exist simply because God allows him to. God, God restrains sin in this world. This world would be way worse if God was not restraining it. Because we are sinful people, and he is restraining and giving us a comforter to help deal with this. But Satan is not on the level of God. There's not a duality. Satan is not all-powerful. Satan is our adversary. He is the accuser of the brethren. But he is not on par with God. God is, and there is none like him. So, we need to make sure that we look at ourselves, and we understand that there has been many, many wrongs done to many, many women for many, many years, even in the church, in the name of twisting verses in the Bible. But, we have to do better. And you can't force somebody else to do better. We have to do better on our own. We have to look inside ourselves and be better first before you can then pour out on another person. You cannot change somebody else, but you can change yourself. And by changing yourself, you can have an impact on the world around you. So we need to be better. We need to expect better. Men and women, we both need to expect more of ourselves first, and then of each other. People will get away with what you let them get away with. If you have an expectation level, there's probably nobody in here dating at the time, but if there were, well, maybe. <laughs> Expect something out of those who you are with. Expect. If you have an expectation level, if you respect your body, they will have to respect your body. If you respect you, that you have a mind and you are worth getting, know, getting used to knowing, to learning about, that they will have to also. And it works both ways, male and female. If you expect more, then you will eventually get more. And if you don't settle, if you keep going, you will get God's best for you. Now, if you're stubborn, you might have to get knocked around for a little bit, and you're real, hopefully not physically. 
but God will smack you around a little bit to get you to the point you need to be if you're not willing to do it by yourself. So in this text, in Luke, when we look at it, Elizabeth, one of the things we need to understand is that she was very clearly a godly woman. We're going to see in here that Mary and Elizabeth are going to come together. They were obviously very friendly. We might imagine that, that Mary had learned her faithfulness from her much older cousin, whom she was clearly had a loving relationship with, as we read. So this is, an, in essence, looking at a type of... It's a bond that we should have in the church and, and between each other that we don't often have. Now, real quick, just kind of just throwing this in here. I know I do this to you guys a lot, but we're going to go to Titus 2, real quick, before we read in Luke. We're going to Titus 2 to set a, a precedent here as to what I'm getting ready to talk about. Titus 2 gets kind of wrapped by a lot of people because it's used in a lot of crazy ways. But Titus 2 in the third verse, is that, now this is talking about dealing with each other and inter-behavior in the church. That's the whole Titus is about, behavior in the church. In the third verse of Titus 2, it says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. I want to stop there for a second. To teach the younger women. It doesn't say their daughters. Sisters. It says the younger women. <coughs> they, if you are not bringing somebody along with you, then you're probably going to find out one day you're walking a very lonely road. And the best way to be in a quality, Christian, godly relationship that furthers both your faith is to be pouring into somebody else. So if you're not walking beside somebody, you're going to have problems in this life because God gives each other to help further. So you, so it says in there, four, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. It's not always to love, easy to love your children either. It's funny, you say, well, I love them, but sometimes, sometimes, and they're those terrible twos, whew, it takes a lot. Five, to, to be discreet, to be chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. <laughs> Remember, it says keep obedient to their own husband. You're obedient. A woman is to be obedient to God first. And if the husband is being obedient to God, then there should be no conflict with being obedient to your husband. And therefore, by putting yourself under the husband, you're putting yourself under God. Because the man should be. If he's not, you don't do, if he's telling you to do something sinful, you don't do it. You don't follow. You don't follow that. But that is what we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to be teaching the next. And everybody does this. Talk, at first talk about men, now it's talking about women. I tend to hit on men a lot because men have a lot of problems in this society. But in this case, I'm going to sit with the women for a second. That they need to be discreet. You need to, there are things that happen in your home. Everybody doesn't even know about that. It's just going to cause problems for you, not just the person you're talking about. Chaste, again, this is talking about cheating, epidemic levels of people cheating on spouses in this world. Keepers at home, 
good, obedient to their own husband. Listen to yours. You don't have to listen to somebody else. Listen to your husband. Deal with your husband. Put yourself with your husband. You don't have to listen to the preacher. If the preacher's telling you something wrong, don't follow it. So, the reason why is this? Word of the Lord, be not. God, be not blasphemy. When people think of God, they think of somebody who's bickering, who's mean, who's bitter, who's angry. When they think, think of somebody who's loving, who's caring, who pours into those around them. You blaspheme the name of your Lord and your God if you do not further your, his cause in your actions. So we want to, all of us, we want to look into ourselves that we cannot, we can know that we are not blaspheming God in our actions, that we are going to be discreet and faithful. So, we need for the older women to come alongside the younger women. We need the younger women to be receptive to advice, to counseling, to correction. So we're going to go back to Luke 1, and we're going to start at the end of where of, of, of Zacharias's little situation in the temple. Remember, Zacharias is offering incense. He, gets, he talks to Gabriel. Gabriel tells him, you're going to have a child. Even though it says Elizabeth was barren, there's a very good chance that, I mean, in today's society, with genetic testing, they figured out that about 75% of the time a couple can't have children. It's usually the male, not the female. How it is. But at this time, they didn't have genetic testing, so... Who knows? But, we're going to start in 26th. Well, uh, verse... We'll just start... Uh, we'll start with that, because I want to, again, start with Zacharias. Because this is not a story of just Elizabeth. This is a story of a couple. It says... And we're going to start in 20. So it says... In the Luke 1, verse 20, it says, And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not be able to speak until the day of these things that shall be performed, because thou believest not but my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And we're establishing just because, again, this is the reason why she hid herself away. was probably because she's... She's probably, she's tried to have children. She's older. She's probably, she may have had some miscarriages and such. And those are difficult, not just because you deal with the miscarriage, but because the people around as well. Sometimes the worst thing about failing at something or feeling like you failed at something is actually when people say, oh, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. A lot of times you're going, of course I didn't do anything wrong. What do you... You're actually sometimes by saying too much, you, you you're hurting the person rather than helping. Watch your speech. Be careful what you say. So this she probably didn't know exactly what was going on. So she hid herself away to make sure this was really happening before people would see. But she did After that, after the fifth month, she realized that it was going to happen 
and that God had taken this the shame of not being able to bear children away from them. And in the 26th verse, it says, And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So, it was six months later, the virgin, he goes and talks to Mary. We're going to skip this part because we're running short on time. And uh, we're going to just jump ahead to the 39th verse. Well, 38th verse. It says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with the haste into the city of Judea and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me? that my mother, the mother of my Lord, should come unto me. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from thenceforth, all generations shall be blessed. When we started this, Mary, when she says with Gabriel, she says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord will do according to that word. That's not a very happy moment. She honestly, she's probably 13, 14 years old. She was not happy <laughs> about being told, Oh, yeah, by the way, you're pregnant. You're not married currently. <laughs> never go to the guy. And people are going to know Amen. this. She's not exactly happy, but she well, said, God's will, let it happen. She wasn't. But we see what happened here. Elizabeth was, was a woman of faith, and she was carrying John, and John was filled with the Holy Spirit even in the womb. Even in the womb, a child could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, I mean, that says something about abortion now, doesn't it? But when it leaped inside her, Elizabeth proclaimed. It's called the Song of Elizabeth. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed are you that you would come to me. And what had happened? Mary changed. Mary suddenly changed, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Elizabeth's greeting and response helped Mary to see this was truly a good thing from the Lord. It helped lift her up. It edified her soul. It brought her up. She was probably scared, worried. She made haste immediately to go to Elizabeth. And when she saw Elizabeth, what did Elizabeth do? She spoke blessings into this young maiden's life. Yeah. And it caused her soul to have joy. What do you think happens when the older ladies speak into the younger women? But not bitter things, not gossip, not slander, not idle words. 
soul of young people. We need to bring the young people alongside. That is what is wrong with the world today. Yeah. We need men to act like men and take responsibility, and we need women yeah. to act like women yeah. and to pour themselves into the next generation. Yeah. We have a group of women today that are raising that don't even want to have children. You go to school and they tell you, having children are gross. There's a whole generation of, I mean, it is unbelievable how many women do not want to have children anymore. That is not a good thing. That is from the devil. And it's sorry to say, but we need to do something with the schools. What are we going to do with the schools? We need to work with them. We need to pray with them. We need to deal with this situation. Because quite a, if you send your children to Caesar for their education, don't be surprised when you get back Romans. Yeah. Don't be surprised. If you, we need to work in the lives of our children. We need to work in the lives yeah. of those who aren't our children but are younger and are under us that we can do. Speak blessings. If you can get your heart right in all things, then you can speak blessings into people's lives without even knowing it. Without making a purposeful regard for it. We need to make sure that as a church, we speak blessings, not bitterness, Amen. not resentment, Amen. not anger, not accusatory tones. Amen. People have made mistakes. We are all sinners. But we need to speak blessings yeah. into the hearts and souls of the next generation because they're growing up defeated. They're defeated from the start. They're behind from the start because we're, we have, live in a world that decries and hates our God and is trying to turn the next generation against them. We need to speak into this. And again, it, does, it starts at home, but it extends beyond home. We can't sit in the pews and say, well, one day I'm getting raptured, so I don't worry. As long as I hide in the church, I'm fine. No. God calls us to go out into the highways and the hedges and to bring them back. How would we bring them back? We can't kidnap them and bring them back. We have to do it through the way we live our lives. We can walk down the streets and people are to simply... No, why? Because of the way you love. You will know you are his disciples. You are his because of the way you love. Yeah. We need that more than ever. And we it all starts at home. It starts with a couple. Zacharias, Elizabeth. We're going to read starting in the 56th verse through. And this time, remember... You were supposed to, it was a tradition, you, 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 raid, you call people by people in your family lineage. So, the angel didn't tell Elizabeth she was the name in John, or Johanna. Zacharias obviously told her. How many women dream of getting to name their child one day? Zacharias said, the angel came to me and told me that we got, when, we, when this happens, we have to name John. Who would believe that? If your husband came to you and said, I know you want to name him this, but I saw an angel and he said, we have to name him this other thing. This, this is what happened. This is, and he couldn't speak, so she could have done whatever she wanted to do at this point. 
Starting in 56, it says, And Mary abode with her about three months, meaning until about the time Elizabeth was ready to conceive, and returned to her own house. Now Elizabeth's full time came, that she should be delivered and brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass, on the eighth day, that they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that shall be called by this name. And they said, and they made signs to his father how he would give him a name. And he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and God spake, and he spake and praised God. For fear came on all that dwelt around about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea, and all they that heard them laid up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was upon him. This is a couple that supported each other. He can't speak. It's a perfect time to do whatever you want. And she said, his name's John. And he could have taken the pressure. Everybody said, no, no, she's crazy. This is a male-dominated society. You can overturn your wife's decision anytime you want. What do you say? Zachariah said, his name's John. Being faithful, he didn't bow to pressure. He did what the Lord said. He didn't bow to pressure. He didn't say, well, the world says this, and I need to do that. No. He did what the Lord said. And Elizabeth supported him. She stuck by him. She did something that was against all societal norms and followed him. Why? Because he put himself under the headship of God. And so by following him, she's following the law of Lord God in what he says to do. This is how we are to ourselves. And if you do not have a male as your covering, then you need to cling closer and tighter to Christ because he is the head of the church in the body, and he will guide and direct Amen. you as you Amen. go. But we need to cling to him. Amen. First Peter 2, we're not going to go there, but it gets a bad rap again because it talks about you have to put yourself in subjection. The word subjection means to put place yourself under. And the word it actually uses is an interesting word. It's obitasso in Greek which means to place oneself under the governance of God. So when it says to place yourself under your husband, it's not saying you're just doing it to a man. You're doing it to God. We need to work together. We need to understand. We need to live in all knowledge of each other. These verses get used against each other like a weapon. You're supposed to support me. You're supposed to, to honor me. If a man is telling his wife, the Bible says you're supposed to honor me and respect me, Bible does not say say that you get to say that. The Bible is talking to her. It is her choice to put herself in the subjection to God's will that she would follow your direction. Amen. And if you're doing the right thing, she will want to be Amen. under your leadership. Amen. When do people not want to be under a leader when the leader is corrupt? If you're doing the will of God, you have no problem. Who doesn't like to follow somebody who's following the will of God? Amen. 
It feels good. It edifies and lifts up. If you've been married for 20, 30, 40 years and your wife seems lost, she seems like she's off, she hasn't grown up, she's not the woman I wanted. Your wife will be growing her entire life. She will be maturing her entire life, as you will too. If the man is dissatisfied with his wife, he needs to look inside himself. What is he doing? Because he is here for the edification of the body. He is to give of himself sacrificially as Christ gave for the church. So if your wife is not growing, it is your fault. What are you doing? God created us for we want his order. We long for it. Why do you think we go around and chase imaginary visions and things that we want? Chase the things of this world because we see it something we think we want. We're designed to want to fill a hole, a void left in our hearts by God. The only way a man can fill that is to fill himself with Christ, to fill himself with God and to do the right things. The only way a woman can fill that is if she is put herself under God to do God's will as it comes to her life. Not everybody was called to be married. So that means some people are subjected directly to the will and to put themselves under the headship of Christ. Not everybody is to be married, but those who are, there's an order, there's a consistency. And we're not fighting a battle against each other. We're not at war against the sexes. We are on the same side. And we are fighting against Satan, the accuser of the brethren, who just revels in the evil and idolatry we do. And when you put your family above God, he loves that. He loves that because he knows you are going to commit idolatry every time because God needs to be at the top. So we need to put ourselves in the right order. And then we need, in this season, it's getting dark so early. Everybody, I mean, you can't help but get depressed sometimes when you get out of work and it's dark already. (laughs) We need to speak blessings into each other. We need to lift each other up. And other people, not just the church, we need, other people need to have their path brightened by the reflection of Christ off of us. Of ourselves, we can do nothing good, but in Christ, we can. Amen. We can make a difference in this world. And so we are called to make that difference. If we have anything in ourselves that is not right with God, we need to get right with God. And I say this as the one who needs it more than anybody here. The chief of sinners. Paul said it. Man, we are kindred spirits. We all need the saving grace that is poured out every day and the mercy that is new every morning by our Lord and Savior. But we don't need it for us. We need to reflect it on those around us. It is a call to action. Not a call to sit in a church. It is a call to be the church. To be the light to those who will never read the Bible. You may be the only glimpse of God that anybody ever sees in this dark world. Do the best you can. Be the light. We're not fighting a war because the war has already been won on the cross a thousand years ago. We are simply living in building a kingdom, spiritual kingdom, through our life and actions that we are filling God's kingdom with souls. May we all look into ourselves as we get closer to Christmas and we continue to grow. As a
church. And as individuals. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these people that they come because they want more of you. They want to be filled with you. May you continue to pour out your blessings. May you continue to pour out and to, to, that they will get into the word and get eat. And you will cover them and, and the Holy Spirit will lead them into understanding what they never thought possible. That they will go out unto this world and be a light for you. Lord, when we finish, when I finish, I hope that if anybody has anything they need, they will be willing to come to the altar just lay it before you. Just, just lay it down. If there's anything hiding in the recess that needs to be brought forth, may we put it all before you. Be honest with you so that we can be vessels filled with you. We can't live in a vessel filled with love. Let me clean. Cracks and all.